Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, reading from verse 57. 1 Samuel 17, reading from verse 57. On David's return from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. As a result, Saul set him over the army and all the people, even the servants of Saul, approved. The next day, An evil spirit from God rushed upon Saul and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand and Saul threw the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And David marched out and came in leading the army. David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for it was he who marched out and came in, leading them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for the gospel reading which Helen will bring to us. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This is reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? 
have ye still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Well, good morning. It's really lovely uh, to be with you here today, although we have some children and teenagers with us. Um, it's lovely that I get to uh, yeah, focus my talk uh, more on other people as well, rather than just speaking at an all-age. So it's really lovely to be here. Um, we've just heard two great readings. And actually, in the lectionary, there was a choice of two Old Testament readings um, this morning. I chose the later one, but the first reading begins at the start of 1 Samuel 17. I'd encourage you uh, to read it at home later. I will be talking about it a little bit this morning. But it is a story that we all likely know very well as David fighting Goliath. So although we know it well, still read it with open eyes to see what new things God might be revealing to you through it. And then what Bimby read this morning, we start our passage a little bit straight after um, in 1 Samuel 17 verse 57. And we get David being taken before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. He has just killed and defeated uh, Goliath and he is there in front of Saul. And then we get to read what kind of happens uh, next. Before we continue this, I'm just going to take you on a quick recap. So in the lectionary readings just two weeks ago, we have the passage of the Israelites requesting uh, a king. They go to God, or they send Samuel to God, say, we really would like a king. We want to be like other nations. God gives them this list of, this is what it will be like when, it, when you have a king. Do you really want a king? And the Israelites go, yes, 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 we do, definitely. So... Uh, God tells the prophet Samuel to go and anoint Saul as king. And Saul, um, more often than not, he goes his own way and doesn't follow God's direction. And you can read it in the story. Sometimes he's starting to do what God wants, but then at the end he kind of goes, goes his own way, um, which isn't great. So God sends Samuel to anoint someone else as king who is David. And this is what we uh, thought about in the service last week as David gets anointed, gets chosen to be the new king. Now, I wonder if you were David and you were anointed as king, what would your reaction be? Would you be really excited and you can't wait to begin? Would you maybe be anxious or nervous thinking about the responsibility that that brings or worrying about having the right skills and experience? Would you be unsure about it, thinking, who am I to be king? Why not one of my brothers? They're bigger, they're older, they're stronger. As we know, David was the youngest son 
He might have been standing next to his bigger brothers going, why have you chosen me? Why haven't you chosen them? And although we're unlikely to be anointed as a king or queen, um, I wonder what is our response when God gives us a big dream, when he lays something on our heart, all the different desires to see his kingdom breaking through in so many different ways. You know, that might be against injustice. It might be uh, calling out for the lost, for the brokenhearted, for, for people to know their identity in God. There's so many things that God might be putting on our hearts. And when he does, do we find it hard to wait? Do we maybe get discouraged or disappointed because it's taking time? We really want that and we want it now. And it's hard in the process of waiting. Do we worry if we're good enough or about the responsibility we would carry when we step into that place? Do we wonder, why has God chosen me to do this and not that person over there? There may be other thoughts and feelings that you might have too. And quite possibly, you might feel a mixture of these feelings at different times or alongside one another. But I I want to encourage you to keep trusting God, to walk alongside him, and to step out to see these dreams, these desires uh, come to fruition. And then to dream even bigger with God. We can't outdream God. Uh, He's always got more in store. But we know that there's often a time of waiting. When we look through the Bible, you can probably open it at any place and find stories of waiting. Um, A couple that have come come to mind when I was preparing is uh, God's promise to Abraham. You know, he waited 25 years between the promise of a son, Isaac, and his birth. He doesn't even get to see the fulfillment of the many, many generations that God has promised him, or seeing his descendants living in this land that God has promised him. We know that's hundreds of years later that they go into the promised land. You know, if we pick up Joseph, a great-grandson of Abraham, He had dreams of being in a position of power. These dreams of the ears of corn, the sun, moon and stars bowing down. He has those as a teenager. Yet he waits many years to see it come true. And we know from his life that he goes through some very tough trials in the way. But God is still faithful to him. And then here we have David. He is anointed and given the promise of being king of Israel. Now, we don't know David's age when he was anointed, but he's likely to be a child or teenager. And it's not until quite a while later that he becomes the king. So he has this time of waiting. But each point along the way, we can see David's growth and development. Before David fights Goliath, He tells how he has killed lions and bears when protecting his sheep. Then he fights Goliath, a fearsome warrior. Then, as we read in chapter 18, verse 5, um, Samuel then puts David in charge of the army. And then David becomes the commander of a thousand. 
This step-by-step, David is growing and developing in his skills and his talents. He is being chained up for his future role as king. It's not something that happens overnight. When we continue reading David's story, we see how he then leads a group of men, um, kind of against Saul, because Saul is chasing him, but he's in charge of this group of men. Then he becomes king over Judah. Then he becomes king over all of Israel. It could have been really easy, I think, for David to give up at each stage, especially when he's king over Judah. <laughs> Is that because he promised me more. But he trusts God's faithfulness. And then that applies to us. If we're really eager for those dreams, those desires to happen, that is so wonderful. It can be really hard in the waiting, but please don't lose that eagerness. But in the journey that you're going through, look around and see the different stages that God is doing in you and through you. See the different ways that God is at work as you take each step closer to see it in fulfilment. And if you're worried about how to get from here to there, don't worry either, as God is with you at every step. You can only climb a mountain one step at a time. You don't go from the bottom to the summit. You take it one step at a time. And I just love in the worship, there was all those... um, words about fear and things just being broken that fear has been erased and I also had a picture um, of us you know sometimes the things that are ahead can be daunting the tasks the challenges in life and it's like that we might be holding them there might be our own fears or worries or anxieties or think how can we possibly get through this But I just had this picture of us kind of holding them in our hands and just the power of God just kind of burning through them. That fits in uh, Lawrence's word about them being erased, that they're just gone, that we can trust him. Because whatever we think might be impossible or when we can't see the way forward, God does and he is with us and he is, um, yeah, he is mightier than anything. When David steps out against Goliath, The whole of the Israelite army are are there. They're scared. They're worried. David steps out and he says, I come in the power of the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, as we were singing. And it's the same God, the same power in us that when we step out, we can do that too. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be worried because he is with us. And as we see in David. You know, we read, he had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And that is true for us too. We get to see the honour that was bestowed, uh, bestowed upon David by the people around him, because God was with him. We see it through the love and honour that Jonathan, Saul's son, gives to David. We see that even the servants of Saul approved of David. These are people who, humanly speaking, should have been against David because he was a rival. He was next in line to their throne. Yet they honoured and respected him because God was with him. And all of Israel and Judah loved David. But that doesn't mean that it was easy. David saw, uh, yeah, God's favour on him. 
we read the same when we see Joseph and the, the, the thing that goes through. You know, he saw God's favour on him, but they both went through <laughs> hardship and hard times. You know, Saul is afraid of David because he recognises the spirit of the Lord is upon David and the spirit has departed from himself. So he throws his spear at David and then he sends David away from his presence. When we continue reading, we know that Saul tries to kill David again. He escapes with the help of Jonathan. And Saul spends years and all this time just trying to hunt down David and kill him. He chases him round and round the mountains. You know, when we read in the Psalms, we can read David's anguish and the different trials that he's going through and the way that he just calls out to God in these situations. You know, it wasn't easy, but David trusted in God's faithfulness. He knew God was with him no matter what, and he trusted God's promises. You know, he even responded to Saul with honour and respect when he had the opportunity to kill Saul, which would have protected his own life and hastened his time uh, forward to become king. But he didn't. He followed God's ways and waited for his timing. And again, that can be really hard for us when we're following God and all the things around us look hard and difficult. When we step out fulfilling dreams, people may turn against us. You know, we can face some really tough challenges, but we can trust in God's faithfulness. In our Gospel reading from Mark, we have another well-known story. Jesus has been teaching all day by the Sea of Galilee. It became evening, and Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. So they all get in the boat, start going across. And as they do so, what happens? A huge windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. The disciples, they call out to Jesus. I wonder how many of them were thinking, hang on a moment, Jesus, you told us to come this way. You told us to come across the sea. Did you know a storm was coming? Couldn't you have stopped it? Couldn't we have nice, clean sailing across? You know, it's been a really busy day. It'd be really nice to have a restful travel across the Sea of Galilee. But there they are in this storm, and Jesus is just sleeping. How can he be sleeping at a time like this? Doesn't he know what we're going through, what he's just told us to come and do in the situation we're in? They wake him up and said, Teacher, do you not care? We are perishing. (laughs) Jesus, come on. Look at this. And Jesus wakes up. He tells the wind to stop and the uh, sea, peace, be still. And the storm ceases. The disciples are filled with great awe. They have a greater revelation of who Jesus is. And the fact is that Jesus was with them no matter what. They may have had to travel through the storm, but they weren't left to weather it by themselves. Jesus is always with us too, and we aren't left to weather the storms of life by ourselves either. And we can have and know that same peace that Jesus had on the boat, the peace that allowed him to sleep and rest in the middle of a storm. 
because it is a peace that surpasses all understandings. When we put Jesus in front of us, we have his peace to help us go through this. Because following God's way isn't easy. Jesus tells us to expect it to be hard, that families will even turn against one another. We didn't read it, but in the epistle reading for today, um, in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 4, we just have a list of things that Paul says that they themselves have endured. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labours, sleepless nights, hunger. This is a lot to go through, yet they endured it because they had God's peace, they had God's presence with them. And Paul then continues in verse 10. Uh, This is a wonderful, oh, I can't think of the word, just a wonderful revelation of the gospel. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Because following Jesus Although it can be hard, although we all go through times of trial, that life isn't made easy. It is so worth it. Anything we face in this life just pales in insignificance with with what Jesus bestows on us. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Through him we have everything. And through us following him, We get to bring his kingdom, goodness, love, peace, joy, just his blessing, just overflow of the kingdom to those around us. There are five little words in the gospel story that I hadn't much noticed before. And these are, other boats were with him. The disciples left the shore in a boat with Jesus and other boats were with him. These boats were in the storm too. And they experienced Jesus' peace too. The storm didn't just stop around the boat that Jesus' disciples are in like a safe little bubble and the storm beyond rages on. No, the wind ceased and there was dead calm. The other boats experienced the overflow of people following Jesus and all that he brings. And there will be other people in our lives too family members, friends, colleagues, neighbours, who will experience the overflow of us following Jesus. And we get to bring the peace into the storms of their life. David knew and trusted in God's faithfulness through his life. The disciples knew and trusted in God's faithfulness as well. And we can know and trust in God's faithfulness too. Even if the road ahead seems rocky, he is with us. Even if the dream seems impossible, then just dream bigger. Ask God where he wants to lead you. Ask him to maybe reignite old dreams, maybe ones that you've put aside, or to give you new ones, to spark and grow those you already have and are moving towards. And let us all be conduits of his kingdom, 
seeing the overflow of his love, joy and peace to those around us. Amen. Helen, thank you so much for that great word. Uh, much to mull over and to take.